Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. I want to have you open your Bibles today to a special scripture that I'm going to start with. The scripture I start with is not going to be a surprise to you. But how I describe it and how I talk about it, it may come as a little bit of a surprise. And again, I want you to tune in the whole time, please, and stay for the blessing at the end where we'll sing the song, the blessing. And I'm going to pray over you a blessing in your home, family, business, job, whatever area of life, your health. But I want you to start here today and I'll make this as abbreviated as I can in First Corinthians 15, verse three. For I delivered to you, Paul says this, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Aren't you glad that the verse doesn't end with Christ died for our sins? Aren't you glad it continues with and he was buried? And aren't you glad it doesn't end with he was buried, but it goes on with and he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And aren't you glad it doesn't end there? Because the very next verse says in verse four, and he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve. And aren't you glad it didn't end there? Because it says and after that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. But aren't you glad it doesn't end there? Because he says, and then he appeared to James. And aren't you glad it doesn't end there? Because it says, and then he appeared to the apostles, all of them. And aren't you glad it doesn't end there? And last of all, Paul said on our behalf, he said, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also, Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles. Do you feel like you're the least? Well, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. He said, I'm the least of the apostles, not fit to be even called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. I've I've been ashamed. In my past, both in my past before I was a Christian and after, because I did things that weren't right or weren't God's way or weren't God's best. But God still called me and you've made a lot of mistakes and God still called you. In fact, the very next verse I love so much because he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. You see. The story of Jesus described here in first Corinthians, chapter 15. In three or four verses. Or ten verses. Spans. The whole history of mankind. I want you to hear what I'm trying to say that Paul describes in three or four verses what took God four thousand years to unravel and unfold. It took God four thousand years to bring Jesus to this earth from the time of Adam and Eve until the time Jesus came was four thousand years of human history. 4000 years of human suffering. And yet Jesus came at exactly the right time. And now 2000 years later, you've come at exactly the right time. In other words, Paul takes the history of the world and he says, I delivered to you in verse three, the first most important thing. And he explains everything 
while explaining the most important thing. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Paul describes the history of the scriptures and defines that history by Jesus dying for our sins, being buried and on the third day rising from the dead. And what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that there's a lot of stuff that happened in those 4000 years and there's a lot of life that was lived in those 4000 years. But Paul boils it all down to these verses because it is the most important thing. But it becomes even more important when you understand that it is a part of God's story. That's why we call it history or his story, his story. It's his story. And I want you to understand that life is a story. God's life, Jesus life is a story. The disciples lives are a story. Moses life is a story. Abraham's life is a story. David's life is a story. Joseph's life is a story. Your life is a story. No matter where you're at in your life right now, the story doesn't end there. The story doesn't end there. And even though Paul explains the scripture with a few lines, we have to understand what's happening in between the lines. There's suffering, there's struggle, but Jesus makes it all make sense by dying for our sins, being buried and rising from the dead. You see, because everything in the Bible is a story, we only read it literally or or, you know, lin linearly, you know, that word we, we, we read it from a linear point of view. We, we read the scriptures and we say, OK, the scripture says this, therefore this should happen. But we don't realize that everything that happens in history and in the Bible, there's a story behind it. There's a story weaved in it. There's a lot of stuff that happens in between the lines. It's not anything contrary. There's nothing about the Bible that's not true. All scripture is inspired by God, but it tells a story. I want you to see this because I want you to realize right now in this world, it's just a chapter. It's just a page. You might say, well, well how long is this going to last? You know what? It doesn't matter because the story gets better. You know, I want you to think about this to the Lord. It says, in, I think it's second Peter, chapter three, verse eight and verse nine. It says um, it says for to the Lord, a day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as a day. In fact, it says, don't let this fact escape your notice now, to the Lord, beloved. One day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. In other words, look at it that way or look at it that way. It's the same to the Lord. One day is like a thousand years. One day can last so long, but yet a thousand years can last so short to the Lord. It's the same. And the Lord is not slow. The next verse says about his promise, but he is patient towards you. You know why things sometimes take so long? Because God is patient.
towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Wow. I want you to know. The Bible is a story, not a false story, not a made up story. It's all true, but it's a story unfolding. It's not linear where everything happens exactly only in the compressed time of the verses that we have. There's so much between each verse. There's so much of the story behind it all. And there's so much of a story in your life right now. So it doesn't matter how it looks right now. Your story isn't over. The story doesn't end there. Are you in pain? The story doesn't end there. Are you worried? The story doesn't end there. Are you nervous? The story doesn't end there. Are you having a bad year, bad decade, bad life? Your story doesn't end there. Do you understand what I'm saying? The story doesn't end there. Jesus died for our sins, but the story didn't end there. Then he was buried, but the story didn't end there. Then it says he rose from the dead, but the story didn't end there. Then he appeared to Cephas, but the story didn't end there. Then he appeared to the apostles, but the story didn't end there. And then he appeared to Paul, but the story didn't end there. And then he has appeared to you and to me, for we are what we are by the grace of God. You're a part of his story. You're a part of history. You're a part of God's story. And your destiny is going to make this history so much more better. Your story isn't over. Your story doesn't end there. I want you to say that out loud right where you are. I don't care if it sounds silly, but say it. My story doesn't end there. My story doesn't end there. Your story doesn't end there. Are you depressed in the low, lowest part of the valley? Your story doesn't end there. Are you climbing up the valley trying to get out and you're struggling and you're putting your foot on rock after rock and the rock keeps breaking underneath you. The story doesn't end there. We have to understand Genesis chapter two, verse four, I want to read this to you from the Message Bible. This is the story. Of how it all started of heaven and earth when they were created. This is the story of how it all started right there in Genesis. It all starts as a story. The story is how it began and a story is how it will end. You know, there's a a great author years ago, Orson Welles. Many of you have heard of him or studied him and he had this to say. If if you want a happy ending in the story. That simply depends on where you stop your story. Don't stop today. Your story isn't over. Your story doesn't end there. Your story doesn't end with you broke. Your story doesn't end with you broken. Your story doesn't end with a broken heart. Your story doesn't end there. It might be a chapter in there. In every good story, there's some drama. In every good story, there's some scary moments. In every good story, there's that that plot that thickens And it seems like, wow, how is this going to turn out? Well, guess what? The good news is your story turns out really, really, really good. Above and beyond all that you can ask or think. Your happy ending. Begins today at the resurrection of Jesus. Everyone has a story. Everyone's life is a story. That's why We love movies so much, isn't it? Because movies are 
a story of our lives sped up and summarized into a two or three hour motion picture. Many of them have story in their title. Think about it. Toy Story one. Toy Story two. (laughs) Toy Story three. Toy Story four. I don't know how many there are, but Toy Story, L.A. Story, West Side Story, the Philadelphia Story, Police Story, Ghost Story, Rogue One Story, Tiger Guy Story, whatever that guy is, a Star Wars Story, Love Story. Think of the most amazing authors, William Shakespeare, Oscar Wilde, Mark Twain, Maya Angelou, Victor Hugo, Frederick Douglass, C.S. Lewis. If they can write stories that are so good and so captivating and so beautiful with a great ending, how much more is God good at writing your story? In fact, he's so good. I want to read a verse to you in Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. It says, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Uh, Put this in the New American Standard Bible first, please. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. I want I want to read that to you in that way or King James, New King James, whatever you're whatever you're reading from today at home. I want you to see what he says here. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the author. Sometimes I think we skip over that word because we like the, the next word, the finisher. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. But we forget that he's the author. In other words, he started writing your story. He's the author. And he's the finisher. You just live anything. You just live your life, everything in between. But guess what? You have an author who started you and you have an author who's going to finish you. And his name's Jesus. And your finish is going to be way greater than your beginning. The Bible says the end of a thing is better than the beginning of that thing. That's you. That's your life. Woo! I hope this makes sense to you. Your life is a story in motion. I need you to get this. We only are looking at a snapshot right now. People saying the pandemic is going to change everything. No, it's changing some things, probably some things that need to change, like how we how we care for our health and how we care for the elderly and how we care for the vulnerable ones. I hope it changes that. But listen, it's, this is this is just a, a footnote. This is going to at the end of the day. I'm not saying that life people's lives and, 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 and people that have suffered that it's a footnote. I'm saying this moment in time, it's just a chapter. It's just a page. It's not the whole story. This moment in time in your life, financially, emotionally, maritally, relationally, your family, physically, your health, it's just a moment in time. Don't define your life by moments. Moments don't define you. There's a whole story yet to unfold in your life that God is the author and the finisher of. Yeah, baby. You hear what I'm saying? Woo! Man. I'm preaching to myself, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I hope you're out there still. (laughs) But I want you to see this. Your life is a motion picture. It's not an Instagram post. It's not a Facebook post. (laughs) 
How many of us have taken selfies? Come on, ladies out there. Guys do this, too. But how many shots really did it take to get that one you really like? Was it 10? Was it 20? Was it 30? And you got a really good picture and we love it and we're glad we, you didn't show the other ones. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Me, too. But look, what I'm trying to tell you is life's not like that. Life's not a gram. Life's not an Insta. Life's not a post. Life's not a TikTok. Are you hearing me? It's a motion picture. It's moving. It's getting better. It's unfolding. It's unshaking. It's 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 coming to pass. It's turning the page. Next page is coming. Have you ever read a book when you're a kid and you just can't wait to turn to the next page, but you want to read everything on the first? I'm not talking about school books. We ought to do school differently. We ought to tell stories. We ought to give kids stories, not just facts and figures to spit out. It doesn't mean anything. Tell him the story. It's his story. History. It's unfolding. Your life is heading towards. An amazing unfolding, beautiful life, beautiful. Say it's really ugly right now, you know, but isn't that how every morning starts for us? We. <laughs> We wake up a little uglier than how we're going to be in an hour. You understand? You know what? I'm, I'm teasing. I'm playing. But it's true. You wake up and it takes you an hour to get ready. Guess what? Aren't you glad the story didn't end with your bed? Look, aren't you glad the story didn't look, didn't end with your bed? Graham, you getting out of bed, Graham. You understand what I'm saying? Aren't you glad you could get up and look in the mirror and you could get up and you could adjust things and you could get up and make it better? And you can get up and dress better and you can get up and brush your teeth and you can get up and put makeup on or do whatever, comb your hair, whatever you do. Look, aren't you glad? Because that's you writing a better story than how you woke up. And that's a picture. It's a microcosm of how God is writing a better story of how you are right now. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. Listen, in Genesis chapter six, verse nine in the Message Bible, this is the story of Noah. And in Genesis chapter 37, verse two, this is the story of Jacob. And in Genesis chapter 37, verse two, it goes on to say, and the story continues with Joseph, 17 years old at the time, helping his brothers in herding the flocks. It's a story. It's a story. It's a story. These all these men's lives, all these women's lives, there's a story behind them. We read about Jephthah that he was a he was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. In one verse, we have his whole life. There are one few verses in in the book of Judges. We have this man's life mentioned there. Barak, Samson, Jephthah, they're mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, but they lived a whole life, but they're mentioned once they lived a whole life. And yet we only know one or two or three or four sentences about them or chapters about them. There's so much more to your life, to your story. Don't be defined by a moment in time. Be defined by Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. 
You see, the Bible, I'm going to say it again, it's all about stories, people's stories leading to Jesus story. So that you and I can have a story. Your story is unfolding. It might not feel like a happy ending, but the good news is it isn't ending yet. Let me give you a promise from God's word in Deuteronomy 8, 16 in the New King James Bible, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 16, he says in the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know that he might humble you. Deuteronomy 8, 16, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. Notice what he says. There's some wildernesses. There's some manna. There's some fathers. There's some humbling. There's some tests all in this verse. I'm going to say it again in this one verse. There's a wilderness. There's food. There's fathers. That didn't know. There's humility. There's testing. And all of that says to do you good in the end, to do you good in the end, to do you good in the end. What the enemy sends to defeat you, God bends to complete you. So the end. Will. Sweet you, I don't know, it'll make you feel good. He'll do you good in the end. All of it in one verse, wilderness, feeding, manna, fathers, humble, testing. But what's the end? He does you good in the end. He does you good in the end. I hope you're encouraged by that verse. Back to Jesus for a moment, well, for more than a moment for the rest of our lives. Right. But back to Jesus. In Mark, Chapter four, verse thirty three in the Message Bible, it says, and with many stories like these, he presented his message to them, fitting the stories to their experiences and maturity. He was never without a story when he spoke. He was never without a story when he spoke. He was never without a story when he spoke. He was never without a story when he spoke. Hey, there is you are never without a story when God's speaking. You are never without a story when God's still speaking. That's a part of your story. If God's still speaking, which he is, your story is going to continue. It says he was never without a story when he spoke. He was never without a story. Boy, if you get a hold of this man with many stories like these, he taught them. You think about it. I could I could just name you a few. There's so many. But how about the story of the virgins in Matthew 25? How about the story of the investment in Matthew chapter 25? How about the story of scattered seed in Mark chapter four? How about the story of the kingdom in Mark chapter four, Matthew chapter 13? How about the story of the vineyard in Luke chapter 20? How about the story of the greedy farmer that kept it all for himself? How about the story of the lost sheep? How about the story of the lost coin? How about the story of the lost son? How about the story of the woman with the issue of blood? How about the story of the woman with a daughter that was demon possessed? How about the story of a man with a daughter who was dying? How about the story of a mother 
with a son who had died and Jesus moved with compassion, touched the coffin. His story didn't end there. His story didn't end there. And he got up. His story didn't end there. And the little girl died. And Jesus went into the house and he said, Talitha Kumai, little girl, I say to you, arise. Her story didn't end there. You know, the next thing that happened when he raised that girl from the dead, right? He said, give her something to eat. How many know that, man, in, in your story, you got to stop sometimes and eat no matter what's going on. We can't like, you know, be so afraid that we eat everything. But let's not be so afraid that we eat nothing. Let's learn some balance during this season and break in our lives. And let's let's make this turn into something good for each one of us. God's working on it, becoming good in the end. It might not feel good in the middle, but it's going to be good in the end. Amen. You know, I think about Jesus. On his way. In his parents caravan at 12 years old, he stopped at the temple to listen and to ask questions, but his story didn't end there. He continued on for the next 18 years, preparing himself and being a carpenter, but his story didn't end there. Isn't it interesting that Jesus had two careers? One as a carpenter and one as the builder of your life. Jesus changed his profession. Jesus changed his career. It's not too late for you. He was 30 when he changed his career and he only lived three more years. But the Bible says if you wrote all, out all the things that Jesus did in those three years, all the books in the world would not be able to contain what he did and what he said. On his way. To being a carpenter. His story didn't end there. On his way to being baptized by John the Baptist. His story didn't end there on the way coming out of the water when God said, you're my beloved son, you're my dearly loved son and you bring me much joy. His story didn't end there on his way to. The Mount. The Sermon on the Mount to deliver what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. His story didn't end there on his way to feed the multitude. His story didn't end there. On his way to heal. The sick. As he healed them. His story didn't end there. On his way to the temple to turn over the religion of the day and start a new beginning. His story didn't end there. On his way. To Gethsemane where he knelt down and had so much pressure on him. It says. He came to a place named Gethsemane. In Mark 14, and he said to his disciples, sit down here while I pray. And verse 33 in the Amplified Bible says he took with him Peter and John and began to be struck with terror and amazement and deeply troubled and depressed. It says in in Mark chapter 14, verse 33, Jesus was deeply troubled and depressed, but his story didn't end there. Are you deeply troubled and distressed? Are you deeply troubled and depressed? Are you full of fear and terror? Your story doesn't end there. It goes on to say in verse 33, and he said to them, my soul is exceedingly 
sad, overwhelmed with grief. But his story doesn't end there. He said, it almost kills me, but his story doesn't end there. Remain here and keep awake and be watchful. But his story doesn't end there. And verse 34 says he went forward a little. But his story didn't end there. And it says he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, this hour might pass from him. But his story doesn't end there. He said, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will. Thy will be done. But his story didn't end there. So on his way to the trial, he was betrayed by Judas, but his story didn't end there. He was denied three times by Peter. But his story didn't end there. He went on to be tried by Pontius Pilate and Herod and then again by Pontius Pilate. Who said, I find no fault in him, but his story didn't end there. They said, crucify him, crucify him. But his story didn't end there. So they nail him to the cross. After they whipped him and scourged him. But his story didn't end there. Plucked out his beard. But his story didn't end there. Pounded the nails into his hands, but his story didn't end there. A spear in his side, a crown of thorn on his head, on his head, but his story didn't end there. He said, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Have you ever felt like that? But his story didn't end there. He said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. But his story didn't end there. He even said, Tetelestai, it is finished. But his story didn't end there. They took him down from the cross and put him in a rich man's tomb. But his story didn't end there. He was buried and he went down to hell to get the keys of hell and death. It says in Revelation chapter one, verse 18. But his story didn't end there. He came back to the earth from the dead. And Mary saw him and Peter saw him and the disciples saw him. But his story didn't end there. He ascended on high to the father. You finish it. But his story didn't end there. He went to the father and showed him the hands pierced in his hands, in his feet, in his side. He said, all my blood has been shed, father. But his story didn't end there. The father said, I'm so proud of you, son. Sit with me at my right hand. And Jesus took his seat at the right hand of the father. But his story didn't end there. He sent his Holy Spirit to breathe on them to give them power, to make them born again and to fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit, because his story didn't end there because we died with him. But the story doesn't end there. We were 
buried with him. But the story doesn't end there. We've been raised with him, but the story doesn't end there. We're seated with him in heavenly places, but the story doesn't end there. It picks up right there today. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places and gives you a new perspective to see that your story doesn't end there. I want you to look at your life right at this moment. Are you in a Friday of crucifixion? Are you in a Friday of betrayal? Are you in a Friday of pain, depression, anxiety, worry, stress? Are you in a Thursday or a Friday of Gethsemane? Are you at a trial in your life on Friday? Are you feeling life scourging you? Are you feeling lonely? Or are you on a Saturday? The pain is over, but the loss is the greatest grief. Uncertainty on Saturday. Darkness. On Saturday. We're all in a moment of uncertainty in our lives because we're not sure. But I want to put an end to that uncertainty for your life today, because Sunday is coming. Resurrection always comes in the darkest hour. Resurrection always comes in the toughest time. Resurrection always comes when all hope is lost. Because there's power in his cross. Are you in a chapter of depression, anxiety, stress? If it's Friday, the story doesn't end there. If it's Saturday, your story doesn't end there. If you're discouraged right now, your story doesn't end there. Have you ever felt like a failure? In Psalm 38, verse 17, in the message Bible, it says I'm on the edge of losing it. The pain in my gut keeps burning. I'm ready to tell my story of failure. Are you ready to give up and tell your story of failure? David was felt that he was ready to end it right there. Tell his story of failure. But his story doesn't end there. Your story doesn't end there. I want to read to you from Hebrews 12 in verse two and three from the Message Bible. Keep your eyes on Jesus because your story doesn't end where you feel right now. Who both began and finished this race we're in. He says in Hebrews 12, two and three in the Message Bible, study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. God, you could put up. I'm just telling you, everybody who's watching right now, you'll be able to put up with anything on your way when you know your story doesn't end there. The cross, it says the shame, whatever this verse says. And now he's there. In the place of honor. Right alongside God 
at his own right hand. He could put up with anything along the way. Why? Because he knew it doesn't end there. He says, when you find yourself struggling in your faith, wavering in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility that Jesus plowed through, because when you go over his story again and again, item by item, it will shoot adrenaline into your soul and you'll feel alive again. Oh, you're coming out of this Friday and you're going to feel alive again. You're coming out of this depression and you're going to feel alive again. You're coming out of this divorce and you're going to feel alive again. You're coming out of this addiction and you're going to feel alive again. You're coming out of this pandemic and you're going to feel alive again. You're coming out of this debt and you're going to feel alive again. You're coming out of this virus. You're coming out of this cancer. You're coming out of your loneliness and you're going to feel alive again. The adrenaline of Jesus is going to shoot through your soul. No matter what you think about where you are right now, your story doesn't end there. You think of Joseph thrown in a pit. Thank God his story didn't end there. You think of David committing murder, but his story doesn't end there. So how do we enjoy the moment? How do we enjoy the difficult chapter we're in right now in our lives that you might be in, in your life, aside from everything the world is in? You have to believe in God's story because God's story is a love story. And you're in the love story and it's God's love for you in Psalm 89 verse 1 and 2 in the message Bible listen to this as we begin to close your love God is my song Psalm 89 verse 1 and 2 your love God your love God is my song and I'll sing it. I'm forever telling everyone how faithful you are. I'll never quit telling the story of your love. Boy, I hope you see that verse in Psalm 89, verse 2. I'll never quit telling the story of your love. Your story starts with love, God's love for you. Your story ends with love. God's love for you. I want to read something special to you in Hosea chapter four, chapter three, verse four and five in the message Bible. He said, the people of Israel are going to live a long time. They're going to feel stripped of security and stripped of protection without religion and without comfort. Godless and prayerless sounds like so much of the world today. 
But he says, but in times they'll come back, these Israelites, they'll come back looking for their God and their David King, which is Jesus. It says they'll come back chastened to reverence before God and his good gifts, ready for the end of the story of his love, ready for the end of his story of his love. You might be in the middle of your story of pain, but I know you're ready for the end of the story of his love. How's it going to end with his love? How did it start with his love? What's going to get you through it? His love. How's it going to end with his love? Boy, we're going to look back with amazement. We're going to look forward with expectation. No matter what is happening in your life right now, your story doesn't end there. Enjoy your life right now. Enjoy the popcorn. Eat the popcorn even during the bad scenes of life because your story doesn't end there. God, I pray you hear this. And I pray it puts a smile on your face like it does mine because my story doesn't end there. Depressed at 16 years old, suicidal at 15 years old, but my story didn't end there. I became a born-again Christian at 17, but my story didn't end there. His love broke through in my life, but my story didn't end there. I became an evangelist and told everybody I knew, by the way, an unpaid evangelist, and told everybody I knew about Jesus, but my story didn't end there. Became a husband, a father, a leader, but my story didn't end there. Became a pastor and a leader to others but my story didn't end there. Screwed up along the way many times, but my story didn't end there. My story is just beginning and so is yours. I'm in the middle of it and so are you. It doesn't matter what chapter you're in. Are you 10? Are you 20? Are you 30? Are you 40? Are you 60? Are you 50? Are you, I skipped 50. Are you 70? It doesn't matter because your story doesn't end there. The greater days, the latter days are going to be greater than the former days because your story doesn't end in the former days. Your best days are ahead. Your best days are your next days because your story doesn't end there. Right where you are, I want you to stand to your feet with me. And I want to pray for those of you that have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And then I want us to sing this song, The Blessing, together. And you can enjoy it however you'd like to. But man, we're going to pray the blessing over you at the end. Are you ready? If you're not a Christian, if you're not born again, if you're not sure you're going to heaven, your story doesn't end there. If you feel like God could never save you, your story doesn't end there because he's about to save you. If you feel like I'm the worst person, God could never give me a new beginning, your story doesn't end there. Pray this out loud with me. I don't care if you're on drugs. I don't care if you've been all sleeping all around whatever you've been doing you're about to become a new creature because your story doesn't end there you're about to be his new creation because your story doesn't end there pray this out loud with me say heavenly father i invite jesus christ into my life say that out loud into my life as my savior and lord i believe jesus died for my sins 
and rose from the dead. My story doesn't end there. I believe my sins are forgiven and now I'm your child and my new story, my new life, my new chapter is just beginning in Jesus name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family of God. You're going to spend eternity in heaven when you die. And I'll be there with you, not because I'm holy, but because I got saved just like you got saved by accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And when you believe that, everything's going to be all right. And everybody together now. And if you're saved now, join a church, join this church, join a church wherever you fit in and feel like you belong. Join online for now and then go there. Come here when we open back the doors up and it won't be long. I believe it won't be long. But let's stand together and let's worship him. Come on. And then I'm going to pray the blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn Children and their children, and their children, please favor, 
I just declare over your life supernatural favor. I declare supernatural blessing over your home, over your family, over your health, over your household. The blood of Jesus is over you. We are blessed because we have a better covenant with better blood. You have a better future than your past. Your story isn't over. Your story doesn't end there. Your story is gonna continue. And I declare blessed ending You'll be blessed in the end. He'll do you good in the end. May you experience blessing going forward, to the left, to the right. When you fall, his blessing will pick you up. When you rise, his blessing will give you wind. When you are not sure, his blessing will make you sure. When you don't know what's happened next, his blessing will show you the way. I bless you in Jesus' name. I want you to hear this right now. I declare favor over you, and all that's left for us to say is amen. I declare 
his favor over you in the name of Jesus. And I want you to say that. Amen. Blessing over your family and over your life. I declare blessing over your health, your body, and everybody in your family. Jesus and the Lord keeps you safe, healthy, prospering, victorious. If you're down, your story doesn't end there. If you're afraid, your story doesn't end there. If you're anxious, your story doesn't end there. Everything is going to be all right because he is the author and the finisher of your faith. We love you. Happy Easter. Can we just say amen means so be it. So when I, every time I was speaking that blessing over you, you were saying amen. You were saying, I agree, so be it. And we'll close with this. everybody we love you we're so thankful for you thanks for tuning in today thanks for being a part of the church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against we'll see you wednesday if you need anything in between let us know we're here for you we are here for you you are the church we are the church god bless you happy resurrection sunday you are loved your story ends with love god bless